In a special series of interviews for IBS Views carried out at Cybos 2022, we focus on what's hot in banking, banking technology, and fintech. This time in Voices from Cybos, we hear from Connor Kaleri, Group Vice President Financial Services for Oracle. So I think it's, it's fantastic, isn't it, to get back in person. The CEO of Cybos, Javier, stood up and said, you know, they weren't sure it was going to be in person again this year, right up until, I think, you know, March, April, probably, right? Getting to meet the customers in person, getting real feedback on the market pressures they're, they're having is probably the biggest benefit of Cybos. And you pick up on the trend, the real big trends, right? So if you look at the conversations you're having and the sessions you're going to, you'll see the trends that are coming through. So ISO is huge, and the whole payments space in terms of what the innovation that's going on in payments, the new rails, faster payments. Beside payments, financial crime has come back really big into the thing, especially you know with sanctions and making sure you're able to properly <clears throat> adapt to the new regulations as they come in. I think that's another big theme that we're seeing. And there are two big areas that we can really help the customers. So we have a very strong payment solution. Payments is so interesting at the moment, right? The, the explosion of payments, right? Because, you know, if you think about pre-pandemic with the use of cash, I mean, who uses cash now? I mean, I haven't used cash. And it's not that you're doing payments for decent-sized transactions. You know, you're doing payments for 60 cent, right? Micropayments. Micropayments, right? And that every single micropayment is going through the system now. Before, I used to take out $50 or 50 euros at the beginning of the week, and that cash would buy me all my coffees and whatever else for the week, right? Now everything goes through. Every single coffee I buy is either a tap on my credit card or my Apple Pay or whatever different system I'm using, right? So the volumes have just exploded. And the infrastructure has to manage those volumes, right? And it has to process those or every single one of those payments, right? So Because that 60 cent payment has to be right in the same way that if a, it was a thousand dollars or thousand dollars or sixty thousand dollar payment has to be right. And it has to go through the same rails and be processed by the same engines. So. At the same speed. At the same speed, yeah. And you see, you know, the, the the real time faster payments move as well is becoming incredibly interesting, I think, as well. Retail is, is pretty much there from a customer experience perspective so the, the payment happens in real time for you but for the industry it's still a big challenge right and the next wave that's coming is faster cross-border real-time cross-border which i think is going to be incredibly interesting right and that will go start to impact into not just consumer but into corporate and when you get into the corporate payments now you're talking payments of significant size right you know, if my 60 cent is wrong yeah, I'll complain, but I'll you know we'll work it out, right? If my six hundred million dollar financing project goes wrong with the payment, then we have a totally different type of problem, right? So, yeah, that's the difference between the consumer and the retail. Which actually brings me on to the other topic you mentioned. That's fin crime. Yeah. So fin crime is is I, I was when I was looking through the agenda before I came. You know, so many fin crime sessions now, looking at how to manage it better, how to adapt to the Things and you know a lot of these banks are multi-jurisdictional, and they're dealing with fin crime rules that are different, slightly different, or very different in the different jurisdictions. This is all something that comes also plays into the issues of cross-border payments. Cross-border payments. Um, it, this is where I think you know fin crime is one of those ones where technology can play a really strong role, right? So things like machine learning, because in the end, across you know a bank that's processing hundreds of millions of payments, it's about noticing the patterns, right, that 
machine learning is ideally suited to do, right? So noticing patterns that may not be noticeable by the human kind of, and analyzing the data, right? And actually they're using machine learning on both sides of the fin crime equation. So one is identifying potential bad transactions or bad things that are happening in the market. And on the other side is the investigation. And both sides are equally as onerous on the, on the banks, right? So they have to, first of all, make sure that they don't miss any transactions or nefarious behavior. And on the other side, they have to investigate it correctly, right? And on the, on the identification side, the biggest challenge is false positives, right? So they have to be able to tune it and give transparency to the models they're using to say, you know, we're doing the right level of tracking. And if it's not being highlighted as a, as a potential issue, and then on the other side, the investigation takes so long, right? You know, they have to go through. And what we're seeing is people using things like, what would be the next logical thing to do in the investigation? So if you see, if you've done thousands and thousands of investigations, you can see routes that show, like if this and this and this, it's probably a problem, right? Mm-hmm. If this and this and this, it's probably not a problem. So instead of the investigator having to do 12 steps, you can start to extrapolate based on the, the data that you've acquired across the investigation. So a really interesting space at the moment. So what does all this mean for Oracle? We've, we've got payments, huge. FinCrime, huge. What are you doing? What is Oracle doing? So on the, on the payment side, we have a ISO 20022 tailored solution. We've really focused in on hyperscalability. We believe that especially in payments and especially in this kind of new world order, the volume of transactions like I said, through micropayments, and even at the business level, the number of transactions that these payment systems have to be able to process is much higher. When ISO 20022 is going to eventually be the global standard, and there'll be flavors by the different countries for the last mile, and that will work across cross-border, it'll work in domestic, so we can really help our customers to address those kind of challenges they're facing in the payment side, and then Oracle's strength is data, right? So when I think about the financial crime side, data analytics, and we have machine learning and graph analytics kind of capabilities that we've applied to our financial crime solutions to really, like I said, address both sides of the financial crime equation. And is it these solutions that you've just talked about, the payment solution, the fin crime solution, is this what people are coming to you here at Cybos about is somebody turning up on your stand saying help so we're getting we're getting we're definitely getting getting lots of queries on, on both those but there's, there's there's more actually coming to us right so Cybos is is payments and for me transaction banking sure. so when I go into transaction banking we're th- things like embedded finance so banks want to understand how they can get closer to their customers right that's really the the objective how they can embed their services effectively um, it makes them more sticky for their customers, potentially opens up new channels to access their customers. So that's one big area that we're talking to. And that's in things like virtual account management, trade finance, payments as well. So like if I have a payments offering, can I give it to the customer so they can make an instant payment from their ERP system instead of having to come out of the ERP system, go into the banking system to make the payment, right? And then having to connect the two themselves. We just embed it in the ERP system and they can make the payment directly. So those kind of things I think are very interesting. And, and finally, I think you know, everyone is, is wondering how technology can help them with the, the challenges they're facing 
um, and how they can move to cloud and how they can kind of go through the transformation that that entails. So. Well, I was going to say, let's get philosophical, just to end up, let's get philosophical about this, which is kind of where you were edging. There has been more change in the way banks and financial institutions do business in the last 10 years than in the last 60. But the changes that we've already seen are just that, the changes we've already seen. There is so much more still to come, still to change. And it's doing so at a pace that I think it's like sometimes, I think, like riding the tiger. It's moving fast. You're hanging on for grim death, but you're not entirely sure where it's going. Yeah, so the pace of change is is phenomenal, right? And I I don't think that's just a financial services thing. That's just a technology thing. I think it's a, there's this great kind of comparison when you're on the curve, it always feels flat, right? But the curve at the moment for me is pretty vertical, right? We're just on a flat vertical because when you're on, so it's, um, the pace of change is incredible. I think the, the trick for us and for our customers is to, you know, step off the tiger, take a minute, right? Even though you think you might be falling far behind, you're, if you get the strategy right and you pick the right, the right tigers to go with, right, then you have the best chance of, of really being successful in the long term, right? And, you know, you need to take a moment to make those decisions wisely. Banks, that capability to keep pace on their own by internally developing their, all their own systems is just gone. That's not a possibility anymore. That, that's realistic, so what they should do is they should look at, you know, taking solutions from software providers for core stuff and then for stuff where they really think they can differentiate and make huge impact on their business and on their customers, they should probably keep that as their own core IP, right? So they are looking for partners who can expose things through APIs, give them access to functionality and features, either through componentization that they can then use and not have to keep up with this bit and then focus their their own internal investments on things that will make a difference to their customers. Connor Cleary, Group Vice President Financial Services for Oracle. And listen out for more Voices from Cyber.